This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Man, a lot of shit happened in 2019. A lot of shit. Like, oh man, I saw this meme the other day and it was like, why does uh, January to August and from August to December feel like two years in one? Mm. Like, I felt like I've been through so much shit. I moved, got out of a relationship, a five-year relationship, um, lost weight, 10 pounds. You lost weight this year, right? Like, um, you got engaged this year. Yeah. We, you know, made some pivotal moves in our business. We opened up another business concept that we're going to probably um, talk about soon. Man, a lot has happened. This year has changed a, a lot. lot. You left JK News this year. I know. And we started Genius Brain this year. Yep. Genius Brain hasn't even been a whole year yet, dude. It's been like March or some shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, man, dude. Uh, I can't believe it's already the end of the year. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, welcome to the podcast, guys. We've been talking about change. This podcast topic is already there for you guys, man. It's about uh, change and growth for the next year, man. I know like when people talk about the subject, it seems a little corny, but at the end of Every December, it's the time for me to reflect the most. I actually do this thing where I always go back home in December, and that's the time where I really get to think about what I want to accomplish next year. Even if I don't accomplish it, it's okay. But I think like reflecting on what you've done in the year really helps you move forward. And this year has been a lot of changes for us. Like I haven't done that in the last three years. Oh, really? In the th- in the so in the last three years of my life, it felt like one. One year. Fuck. Because I've been in a time warp. From the moment that Brown died up until my breakup, that whole time has been a blur and just one hamster wheel of just spinning. And really? Try- yeah, because my life just felt like I needed, to f- I needed to just grab everything and fix it. Because mm. right about the time that Brown died too... You remember we were working like a motherfucker. Yeah. We were burning out without realizing it. We were opening up so many different projects and businesses. We were just going and going and going. And at that time, I remember talking to Bart too. And we had this long conversation. And I was just like, man, I feel like no matter how hard I'm working, how many problems I'm fixing, as soon as I fix one problem, 10 more show up Mm. in the business in my relationship and it just feels like we just keep going and no matter how much I'm working, there's nothing being finished. Yeah. There's no film being done. There's no projects being done. I'm just filming and filming and filming, cranking out content. And the, you know, there's nothing that's being quote unquote accomplished Yeah, 
or there's no feeling of like, okay, I finished this project. Now we're moving to the next one. Yeah. And so because of that, I felt like, holy crap, man, my life is just full of constant problems. And then after the breakup, my mind started to clear up and I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. Like, let me slow down. And I felt, I finally had time to think. Mm. And it was the wildest thing, man, because we talk about like, okay, this year we're going to do this. And this year we're going to do this. Those three years felt like one year before you know it, I'm 35 years old. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm 30. (laughs) What happened? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck happened, dude? I was 31. And then all of a sudden I'm 35. Yeah. And it's like, it's the wildest thing, dude. It is crazy. I, I kind of felt like that when um, when I was you know trying to lose the weight originally. And then when I lost that weight, uh, that whole year was me catching up with time that I lost, right? Because um, everything felt like a blur. Because you burned out for like... T- a year you're recovering for a year right yeah for a whole yeah, year yeah, yeah. and then it was it was hard because i think we're, we're workaholics so yeah when i wasn't working it, it felt so odd and mind you when i say i wasn't working i was still working yeah i just wasn't working as much right so i was still, you're still doing jk news you were still doing projects we were still working yeah. on sip branding we were dude that actually took up a lot of my time during that time and you still uh were working on drips and swirls and i was still working yeah. on drips so i was still working i just wasn't working like how you i dropped your channel i dropped my channel and then, yeah you weren't shooting outside of all this stuff exactly yeah. so i stopped auditioning and i stopped um working on my channel which took a fat chunk of my time i still had to keep up with the stuff that we were still developing but that that's what i mean by not working yeah so um and it was uh it was it was something that i really needed uh i got to really reflect about things that were important to me and then stuff that i wanted to keep around and every year when it comes to the new year it's just like okay well what what's what's really important what am i going to keep that i've learned from this year what am i going to throw away and I feel like every time, every year that we get older, I get to take this fucking chunk out of me that I didn't want anymore. I just go, boop, get the fuck out of here. That's a good thing to do. I should start doing that too. Like, so it's like spring cleaning, right? Mm-hmm. And then you kind of cut out the things that you're like, this is not necessary. Why am I working on this? Yeah. There's, it, it's, and it happens a lot with people. Like, I'm like, what, why did I develop this relationship for? The hardest thing that I hated, the, here's the thing I hated the most. That year that I was also taking a break to, I was also acting. And that was a time for me to explore if I really wanted to act or not. And what I found out was that, yeah, I still want to act. I still enjoy acting. I like TV. What I dislike about it is, and we hear this word a lot, it's politics. But that shit is so prevalent. And if whether you get a job, whether you work, how many, how much dick you have to fucking suck in this industry, <laughs> it's unfucking real. Can dude. we just create art without all this bullshit? It's impossible. It's so it's so fucking hard to. It's like that's why I, we try to be rich, though. Yeah. Honestly, the only reason why I want to make a fuck ton of money is so I can make art untainted and not fucking worry about this shit. Dude, it would feel great because I would go into these meetings, right? And they would be some some people that I would meet. They go. Okay, so I met like 30 casting directors, right? And they go, and people would tell me, you better remember every single one of their names. I'm like, why? (laughs) Why? How can I fucking remember 30 of these motherfuckers' names? (laughs) Like, they were cool. We had a great interaction. But I've met like a gajillion of these people. They're like, well, they might be giving you opportunity. But that's me sucking dick. Yeah. Like, I want, when I live in the now, we had a great conversation. You're not going to remember everybody, but because 
this person is somebody who's a gatekeeper for my career. Now I have to force this relationship. It's like, I don't want to do that. I want to come into an audition, show you what I have, and you book it off based on that rather yeah, than... Yeah, but that's the game, man. That's the, and it's, I hate it, it. Yeah, that's the part of the game I hate too. Yeah. But I mean, it's a career. So you got to th- see it as a job interview. Yeah. It's politics, man. And and I mean, that's why you don't fucking work a nine to five job. Yeah. You know, some people can thrive in that environment. And most of us can't. That's why we're doing this. Like, I'm useless in the workplace. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But also, I'm dangerous in the workplace because from the last three companies that I worked at, I try to take it over. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Step aside, motherfucker. From the inside. Mm. Every well, single job, I've I've got lazy fucks fired. Yeah. I've. I manipulated the boss to get them fired, to kick them out, to do like I fucking took over weak bosses. Um, they had the title, but I was actually running the show. Like, and I would do that multiple times, and I think you would do it too. It's an entrepreneurial trait. Like people that end up being CEOs or whatever, like they do so because you get sick and tired of how shit is being ran, and you yeah. don't fucking like it, and you don't like your coworkers. Because to me, I want a tight team. I don't want to walk into a situation where someone's stealing the company money by being a lazy fuck. Yeah. And also, too, for me, I, I could see that because even like something small where people are like, yo, you can you like, you know, how to edit videos, you know, how to use After Effects, all this stuff. Like, don't don't other people do that for you. It's like, yeah, they can. But the reason why I've learned to do it myself is because I don't want somebody to t- give me bullshit and then. For me to just to believe because I don't know how to work this oh, thing. You know, they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, well, it's not going to work because of this, this, and that. And I'll be like, which I've had run into this before mm. where it would be like a video I need edited. And like, yo, this video is going to take like, you know, like two weeks to edit. And I look at that. I'm like, no, it's no, not. No, it's not. Yeah. And like, I was like, if you don't know how to edit this simple sketch, which doesn't require much color editing at all. And it's really just chopping and then using like, like pluralized to sync up the sync up the sound, which you are going to use. Because the long story short, this editor was like telling me that uh, he goes, "Oh yeah, it just takes time to sync up the audio." They're I was just like, lazy. It's like, bitch, there's something called pluralize. Like you know p- about pluralize. You're yeah. literally saying that because you want to get the job done in two weeks and get paid now. Oh, and it's like, and you know, like I'm letting them know about the app, and yeah. they're like, "Oh shit, this guy knows what he's talking about." It's like, yeah, you, you're trying to fucking take advantage of me. Oh, and so this is why I've, I I I like to learn my things. Like, yeah, you got to though. Yeah, most good business owners know their business from top to bottom. Yeah. It's like you can't, you can't, you can't pull the fucking, you know, what the sheep's wool over my eyes. Like yeah. I know what's going on. Yeah, but it's pretty important to have a team you could team you can trust, and yeah. once you build that, then you can trust that they'll find people that can. I do would well too. Yeah, it's 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 super important too because like even like when I work with other companies and they give me bullshit, um, it it's so easy to call out, and I and I fucking hate it when somebody who's in a higher position they try to say some shit because they think that you don't know any better and it's like but you got to be political david you can't just because i'll call them out when it's the right thing to do like i mean you're great at mafia just (laughs) put it in the workplace or put it put it in put it in that space because for me like when it comes to business that's a game yeah so um i don't take anything personal man like like sometimes I have fun fucking with people because they're assholes, Mm. but I don't know. Like, you know, a lot of it is like, I feel untouchable too, because I don't work for anyone. Yeah. And you, you know, you can go into a room, boardroom and talk some shit and do, and I, which I've done too. Somewhat, one of my guilty pleasures is 
um, fucking ignoring old men when in a boardroom. <laughs> if they start bullshitting me, if they start Hollywood big dicking me in the middle of what they're saying, I would start talking to someone next to them. They fucking hate that shit. Yeah. You don't get, they, they'll, they'll talk, 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 and you don't give them attention and you fucking cut them off and start talking to their buddy and give them more attention. They don't know what to do. And I love seeing their fucking look in that face. Yeah. Like you just disrespect. I was talking here. Hey, hey. And it's like, I'm going to ignore this fucker. I don't care if you work with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. In the middle of that, I will cut them off, dude. And that's the thing is like, that's my pride talking because yeah. I enjoy doing it. It's like I'm getting horny watching them doing that. Um, it's like i mean i think that's the biggest why we decided to really invest in ourselves like even like doing the food businesses that we started it was like how come we keep taking paychecks these small paychecks to promote other people's businesses and yeah when we could promote our own business and create something dope exactly and it's a long-term thing mm-hmm. something that we care about because eventually there's going to be a day when we all stop doing brand deals yeah and that's when you know that we either sold the company we made millions of dollars or, you know, uh, they're doing so good that we don't need to do brand deals. Yeah. Everything is a balancing act. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Betterment. Betterment was built to help you make sense of what to do with your money, no matter your financial experience. While investing involves risk, Betterment's technology can help you grow the money you have and set financial goals for the future. Get started by downloading the Betterment app today. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-M-E-N-T for the betterment of you. Now, here's an honest question. How are you supposed to know what to do with your money? Very few of us are exposed to meaningful advice on how to manage our finances. Even fewer have the means to get professional financial guidance. Betterment is a platform that was built to do something radical, to give accessible financial advice that puts you first. If you're like most Americans, your money is probably sitting in a savings account, likely earning you next to nothing. Maybe you have an investment account that you're not really sure what to do with. Betterment can help you make sense of what to do with your money. Investing involves risk, but you don't have to know the ins and outs of the stock market to start saving more or start investing for your future. Betterment's technology will put your money to work choosing the stocks and strategies that are right for you because we know you have other things to do. Betterment's platform can even provide guidance on what financial goals make sense for you. Give your money a new home with Betterment, peace of mind included. Download the Betterment app today. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-M-E-N-T for the betterment of you. So what are some of your goals for uh, next year? Well, um, I think I want to do th- do more things that are rewarding to my soul. Um, these past several years, I'm going through this part of my life where I've worked, worked, worked for things that I thought were passions. But in reality, it was opportunities. So, hmm. you know, like you get an opportunity to make six figures and you can't re- you can't turn that down, you know, but now I will. Now it's not about the money. I'm pretty comfortable. Um, I don't work for money anymore. What I do now work for is the service of people. And um, what I mean by that is like specifically fans, right? So, you know, I have my Jamalian Academy. Yeah. um, Because I really believe that there's so many just basic level life skill shit that school and most people's parents should teach them. But what's mind blowing to me is not a lot of people know basic finance, basic credit card. How the fuck? They, they don't even know how credit cards work. Just not only that, like how to get a job. Like people don't know how to get a job in the field that they want, how to make a killer resume, how to fucking interview and win. Like 
They don't know how to like make side money and not just like finance. They don't have good social skills. There's so much life skill shit that they don't know what to do. And that's really rewarding to me because it's already been open like three months. Yeah. And a lot of people are are going through it and they're showing me the results of what they went through. And not only that, I'm digging through all of my old messages. And the other day I saw this one um, girl, she had a catering company and she messaged me in 2015. And then um, I saw recently she messaged me again in 2019 and I never responded back. But in the first message, she was like, hey, I'm kind of interested. I want to build a business. I'm inspired by you guys. 2019, she's like, oh, shit, I was going through my messages. Don't know if you're going to read this, but. I actually ended up opening up two restaurants yeah, and it's all thanks to you guys, your podcast, your videos. And to me, I was like, this is what I want to do. Mm. It's so fucking rewarding to me to see the people that are watching us and then they build their own shit. And, um, a lot of the people that I work with too are fans Yeah, or I wouldn't call them fans, man. They're my friends, but they, and, and but they, you know, they grew up either watching me or they were inspired um, or whatever, right? And yeah. then they, they make a life for themselves. Yeah, We somehow find each other just by mutual friends or whatever. And they're like, hey, man, I watched your shit. I used to watch it all the time. And we start talking. We hit it off. Before you know it, we're working on something together or some, you know, whatever. And um, yeah, like one of my partners for Jamalian Academy, you know, we met at a karate camp and- um, Alex is helping me out building the whole entire business. <clears throat> and so I think this is my next phase in life, which is like, yes, I have my JK. Yes, I have my writing I, uh, films. I have all this stuff. But it's really true. Now I know why Bill Gates or like when people get balling the next stage in their life, what they want to do is help other people. Yeah. Because that kind of shit, it's it's a different kind of feeling i mean you know when you go do fucking meet and greets and all that right and you meet the fans and then they tell you their story of what they went through based off of your videos it's like shit that really happened all i was doing was shooting the shit with my buddies yeah but it clicked and they felt something and you changed the life and that to me is just so fucking dope so i think 2020 is going to be all, all about that for me i mean that's literally the only reason why i still do youtube like, other than that, there's no other reason. Oh, like, yeah, because the algorithm is shit, bro. We're not making nothing. Yeah, I like, on a, a, a previous podcast, like, I mentioned, um, well, actually, I don't know if it's previous. It depends on when it goes up, but I'll mention it again. This channel makes jack shit. Like, people think I'm saying that just to say it. Like, this channel doesn't make anything, dude. I don't have kid-friendly content. It's yeah. not It's not made for me. And pe- even with people who do have kid-friendly content. They're getting th- fucked now. They're getting fucked yep. now. Everybody's getting fucked, dude. The only people that are making money is Google. That's it. Yeah. A- David Dorbick did, uh, I read that article where he was making $200,000 a month and now he gets more views, but he made like $2,000 a month or some insane amount. Yeah. I'm like, how is that even possible? I make that much. Yeah. I went from making $15,000 a month on my channel to just a thousand or two. Yeah. And that's true. All across the board. Thank God for Patreon because it helped JK News survive. Yeah. Like those Fuck. The, like you have to realize the the extent of what happened to the the revenue source to the point where I well 
you know, first of all, number one, thank you fucking Patreon people because without you guys, I wouldn't be posting on this YouTube yeah. because I, I make, I would make my money doing what I'm doing right now, yeah. but I wouldn't have to post. I, I post, I do the podcast because number one, I really, really enjoy it. Number two, I also create these random videos where I do my old fashioned videos. I mean, it gets like what, 80,000 views, which is like literally a third what it used to get. But I do it because it, for some reason, it making people laugh and making them feel good, it's it's addictive. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't realize like the things that I do until I meet somebody in person and they go, I was in a really dark place and you made me laugh and that really helped me out. And I'm yeah. like, oh shit. And that was the biggest reason why I went into comedy. Like I did comedy because I think that when I was going through really bad things, the only thing I could do was laugh about shit and that mm-hmm. made me feel better. And so I wanted to do the same for other people when I was doing stand-up. And I found out that if, if, even if I don't do stand-up, I can do it in film. Yeah. I could do it in YouTube videos. And now I have this podcast, which honestly, Genius Brain was supposed to be a straight comedy podcast. But I found out that people gain more from it from having the jokes, but still talking about stuff that they could walk away and learn from. Yeah. And it's more naturally us. Like these yeah. conversations that we have, this is really just what we do all fucking day. Yeah. Like even in between the breaks – We'll shoot the shit for another hour. <laughs> yeah, we're like, oh, we should have recorded that shit. And we're like, maybe, <laughs> right? And then we'll go to we'll go to dinner, and then we'll talk again. Like this is our friendship. Yeah, and yeah, and I think when it comes down to it, we vibe a lot because we're more like about the community in a practical sense of art or creation, right? That's why I think we don't really. Um, we're not in the for, like whole fame chasing thing. Like if yeah. it's like take it or leave it. This is this is who we are. Fuck it. Like if you like us, you like us. If you don't, that's fine. I'm not gonna chase clout. But if we build a following, being able to be as true as possible, I think that's the best reward because mm-hmm. there are, you know, we know people who don't want to be who they are anymore. Yeah, and it's killing them. Because they want to change their persona and all that, and they're afraid to do so. And I'm like, you should have been, you should have been real from the start. Or yeah. maybe they were real, but that was so fucking long ago that it was a different human being back then. It's 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 so odd when I see that too. Where I think when um when I so when we first started out and going you know doing these like YouTube shows right where we would get booked for these venues, which still happens to this day. I just don't do it as much as I used to. Um, you know because it was exciting for me back. I would take anything and everything because yeah. I wanted to be a stand up comic. But now it's just like I'll I'll do it if I if I feel like I want to. But I remember, um, I think the consensus is every time I meet somebody, they say the same thing. They go, wow, you're exactly how you are in your videos. And I'm like, I hear the same shit. I'm like, yeah. well, what, what were you fucking expecting? And they're like, and they tell me stories about other YouTubers uh. that they meet, you know, and they're like, yeah, I didn't really like them that much. They're just so different. Like they're very standoffish. They're very socially awkward. And I'm like, well, that's because like when you're on, in, when you're in the, in a room and you're just talking to a camera and you're only dealing with the people you have to deal with. It's easy. It's very easy. That's harder for me to go just talk to a camera because I'm used to talking in groups or yeah. people. And people, but people who are socially awkward. I mean, I always say this the best, right? There's a reason why some of these people before us, like they only could talk to a camera because they couldn't talk to human beings. And that's the hard part for a lot of people, yeah. right? That's why like JK News was such an easy transition for me because I've been doing stand-up since day one. So yeah. it's like, oh, I could, I could talk for fucking days like doing this shit. And that's how we got started as a group, as friends. Yeah. Like not solo artists. I mean, not to even knock their style. It's different, but that is not going to perform on stage well. Yeah. If you're not a people person or if you can't even per- perform, like you can't you can't interact with humans, 
obviously, maybe they are cool as people, but it's not going to transfer in real life. That yeah. charisma is not going to transfer because yeah. they're scared. It's you can't be scared. You got to just be chill. They always say never meet your idols, man. You get crushed. Yeah. Sometimes too. Like I, I get scared to meet my idols. Except for like Dave Chappelle. If I meet Dave Chappelle, I'm just gonna fucking try to. You know, he, he can. He could do no wrong in my yeah, eyes. That could spit in my mouth. Yeah, I don't care. It. <laughs> I fucking love that guy, man. But yeah, when um I I went to a, a couple of college shows and they were mentioning uh I I always like to ask them. I go okay, so who are the YouTubers that you met that you didn't like the yeah. most? And I and it's so funny. It's always the same people too. Yeah. It's, it's always the same fucking people. I'm like, what the fuck are these guys doing every time? Mm, they pissed we, off the world? Yeah. Like, how can you, what, what are you doing these people that brought you out here and they're paying you? Like, what are you doing? And it's usually, I'd like to know. It's just that they're, what happens too with some people, especially when you get fame at a, such a young age, I think that um, that fame gets to their head and they don't know how to act like You know a what's human funny being. too? It's not even actual fame if you think about it. Yeah. It's very small. You got like, 10,000 people that's a fucking village homie yeah <laughs> or whatever right there's even if you got a million like it don't matter like you're not that special mm-hmm. you're not that fucking big shut the fuck up but there's a lot of that happening and the funniest thing to me is when they try to big dick and they don't know who the fuck I am yeah and they're smaller than me and they're trying to like talk all sh- you know their shit about like what they've been through who they're with like if you go to these networking events yep. or whatever and then you're like, oh, cool, yeah. And it's like, what do you do? And I just fuck around on YouTube. And yeah. they're like, oh, yeah? How many subscribers do you have? Um, 1.7 million. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, or you go like, uh, my Instagram. Yeah, I got Instagram. Yeah. You know? Yo, I went to this uh, influencer event, and I only went because they were giving me free shit. And then I took Mariel there. And there was a, a couple of girls who were there. And they were just walking around like they were the sh- fucking shit, dude. You know when somebody walks around and you can look at their aura and their presence yeah. and it just basically says, I'm better than you. And it was like these young girls and they were just kind of strutting around. like With the 30,000 followers? Yeah. Even less. Oh. So is what I found out. So you, you basically walk around and then you have an attendant next to you that has a placard or like a, a card of your name. Yeah. Just so they, the brands know that, hey, give these people stuff for free. And then you could take pictures with them and post them and say that they stopped by your booth. Yeah. Right. Which is already weird for me. But there was this dude that was walking around. He had my sign up. I looked at him. I was like, hey, bro, put that sign down. Relax, man. Like, you, you don't, you don't got to do all that shit. Yeah. It's like, ah, they told me I have to. I was like, don't fucking worry about it. Just chill. I was like, honestly, I'm just going to walk around, look at stuff. And if I need to get you, just let me know. Just go on chill. But this other little girl, and I say little, she was not little. She was like a full grown ass adult. But she had her placard around and she was just walking around, like just literally talking to that attendant person. Like she owned them. Like wow. that was like her butler. And I was like, yo, what the fuck is this? And I just kind of like, I was like, okay, cool. Great content. You want to study that? <laughs> and then I looked up her name, right? And I was like, who is this person? She's just like this regular girl who just posts pictures of herself. She had like 15,000 followers. I'm like, wow, that little amount of power went to your fucking head where you truly believe that you were above this other human being. There's a lot of um, people with small followings that are notorious for wanting freebies. What is that and about? They and get, they get mad if, if you uh, don't give it to them. Yeah, if you don't give it, like I could give you free promotion and you promote my nuts, bitch. How about that? Because me... Um, I only do free shit if I love the brand. Yeah, and like if it's convenient. Yeah, like shout outs to the Sheraton in fucking Vietnam, man. They took care of me. Oh, I they didn't pay me though, but I I had a penthouse suite and I stayed there the whole time for free. 
That's fucking tight. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, um, shit, that's like a thousand dollar value or whatever. But still, like, I get paid more on my vi- my my brand deals, right? Yeah. I get I get way more money, but in my opinion, I felt like I was really happy to work with them. And I'm all like, I'll go far and beyond, man. I'll fucking do a lot. And I liked working with their team. Yeah. So sometimes it's not about the money too. Mm-hmm. Like for me at my level, like I'm not even saying like it's a bigger level, but the 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 levels are different what you ask for, right? Mm-hmm. If you're at a lower level. So don't get this twisted. When people value themselves at an amateur level on the views, on the on the numbers, they're they're valuing their self as a human being. When I say these numbers, I'm saying it as a business and a brand. So don't get it twisted. There's different levels to that, right? Because you got your Walmart and you got your like everyday corner shop, mm-hmm. whatever, liquor store, whatever. So I'm looking at this as a business. So it doesn't make someone better or worse. I'm just saying the business might be bigger or smaller. Yeah. So if you're at a bigger level, like Kim Kardashian or whatever, like you're getting hundreds of thousands of dollars just to mention something or take a picture or whatever. I'm not at that level. But if you're at the lowest level, you're probably not going to get paid. Yeah. If you only got 30,000 followers or 20,000, you'll probably get paid a couple hundred dollars to post something if you're lucky. If the brand likes you, if they think that your persona matches their style, they like the way you take pictures, maybe like the quality, they'll fuck with you. But in most cases, they're going to give you free product. And at that level, you want to look the part. Because you're brand building, right? So you want to take the product, you want to take the pictures, you want to, and into at that level too, free shit. Like you're still probably working a nine to five job, or you have a side hustle, or you're whatever, right? So you're thankful for free shit. Not that you won't be at a higher level, but you know you're still making money hourly, probably. Yeah. So when you get a free makeup kit or whatever, you're like, woohoo, right? Once you get to a certain level like in the middle tier from the hundreds of thousands to the millions, you don't give a fuck about free product anymore Mm -hmm. because brands are throwing free product at you left and right. Yeah. And not only are they throwing free product, they're paying you thousands and thousands of dollars to talk about the product, to fucking sell it, to fucking sponsor, you know, you're all that. So when you're at that level, right, you don't really, you go to these fucking networking events, you get all you... Like, people are constantly giving you free shit. I don't even want to hold a gift bag. Yeah. Because, and that's not even to sound like, you know, ungrateful. I'm just saying, like, there comes a point when you go, this is just too much free shit. And I'll take it because I'll do giveaways and I'll give it to my fans, right? Mm. But I don't need this shit. And it doesn't have the same effect as when you had 20,000 followers or at the at that level where you're just like, yeah, I, I was going to buy this anyway. I need to save it, right? Mm-hmm. Me, I'm a cheap bastard. for So, so if it's like <laughs> yep. vitamins or if it's things that I need, I'll fucking take it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they're things that are like, you know, you don't really need. I don't know. That's why I don't do uh, PO boxes, right? I did a PO box thing for a little bit. 
And, and they I, keep sending you random shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, and number one, I appreciate that you're sending me stuff to show your appreciation, but I don't need you to give me stuff to show me appreciation. Like, I'll show you appreciation when I, when you come up to me and approach me in a normal way. And I say hi to you and I give you a hug. That's how I'll do my appreciation. You don't need to show me appreciation by giving me shit. You mean me like shit. fan mail? Yeah. Like, you I, don't like reading those long ass letters about <laughs> life? It got, it got a little too much, you know, it's, and, it's then, a lot, and then I received these fan mail and I can't throw it away because they took the time to fucking hand write this thing. So I actually have a box in my house full of just fan mail that I, ref- I, re- I refuse to throw away. I throw away after I read it. <laughs> I can't do it. I, Damn. I, I literally. I literally can't do it. So I have a box in, in my storage where I haven't thrown away this fan mail. This podcast is brought to you by Fiverr, my friends. If you have not used Fiverr before, you are missing out. Let's talk about Finding freelance talent for your business or project, finding the right freelancer can be time-consuming, frustrating, and expensive. Trust me, I know. Where do you go find the talent? How much will it cost? And how can you be certain they'll deliver? Thanks to Fiverr, finding the right freelancer doesn't have to be a struggle, my friends. I've used uh, Fiverr for a lot of things. Specifically, you guys know I do music. And when it comes to album art that I need to get done in a jiffy, I have used Fiverr with a lot of people who do graphic design and a lot of different artworks to do my art for my music. And Fiverr, my friends, makes it easy, super easy communication, uh, got things done on time with on the right deadline and the people that I do work with uh, they have great reviews on Fiverr so uh, if you guys need to get stuff done and you need it done for an affordable price or you can find an affordable price for the stuff that you need get it on Fiverr my friends so check it out Take five and check out Fiverr.com and you will receive 10% off your first order by using my code BRAIN. It's so easy. Don't waste any more time and get the service you deserve by going to F-I-V-E-R-R.com, code BRAIN. Fiverr. It starts here. Um, and it's just it's, – it's because I'm not a very materialistic person, so that type of stuff doesn't really – like if, let's say you sent like for example if you if you meet me up like number one cats sweets when she gives me cupcakes I love that shit because mm. I love her baked goods that makes sense to me because I can eat it it'll disappear it's not taking up space but you shouldn't get baked sweets from strangers though even oh, no, if they're no, no, loving no. fans yeah I got I I mean I sometimes one time somebody gave me the uh, uh, sprinkle cupcake and I just sat there staring at it like should I eat this shit because I was like trying to poison me motherfucker. yeah I, I don't mean, know. I don't know. I think we have loving fans, but you just never know. You never know. There's a lot of crazies out but, there. But you know, like I've uh that like food stuff it just doesn't disappear. Somebody once brought me uh, a McChicken, a filet fish and some chicken nuggets. This motherfucker knew my heart, dude. I was I was going to He f- came with a bag of McDonald's. He was like, "I'll take poisoning for that shit." <laughs> he was like, "I know you like this shit." And I was like, "Dog, I will suck your dick right now just cuz you you saw my soul, dude." I was hungry too after the show and he knew what's up. That's a good fan, dude. Damn. But yeah, I mean if I ever meet you, you give me like a a a, a letter or a note, I'm definitely not going to throw it away. I never have. So <laughs> Give that to me, I'll read it. But if in terms of like, I, like when I had the PO box, people sent me boxes of shit, and I'm like, yo, I can't keep this. Yeah, same here. Like I have mountains of things that send me a letter. Fuck, I'm I'll probably keep that. gonna do a giveaway for. It. And I feel bad, like when fans give me shit, like free stuff, and um, maybe the snacks and stuff, we'll eat it. We'll keep it at oh, the office cool. and yep. eat it. Yeah, because that's kind of unique too. Like we get snacks from Canada, Hawaii, like all over the world, and um, that's always cool. So we'll have that at the office, but for the most part, man, like 
you know, you get to a certain point as a influencer or whatever, uh, you're a walking advertisement for a lot of businesses and yeah. they just give you so much stuff. And so you can kind of tell who the amateurs or the new people in the world like of this is because like they're out there grabbing everything. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because if I like the product, I'll grab a few things too. Yeah. But the way they go at it is like a is like a Chinese person at a buffet and there's fucking snow crab legs yeah. coming out. Listen, if you want to send me an iPad or you want to send I'll me take a, it. a computer or something, I'll take that yeah. shit. You I'll know? take it. Because I can make use of it. Yeah. You know, but you know, I, like I, somebody once sent me a toaster. I was like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> the fuck am I going to do with this, right? It's like, oh, it's a custom toaster with your name on it. I was like, thank you. I appreciate this, but what am I going to do with this? <laughs> I have a toaster. You know, why did they think that you needed a toaster? For? I don't know. It's very sweet, though. The thought of it's very sweet, and I really, really do appreciate it. But it's like, man, don't even do all that. If you want to do something, yeah, buy, buy, I don't know. If I bring out merch, which we should bring out some fucking that's a 2020 merch. goal for me, actually. Merch, uh, no, no, no. Um, unloading things in my house. Oh, it, dude, yeah. my, my place, dude, I got rid of so much shit, it feels great. Like, but I want to get into fashion, so well, clo- clothing is yeah. different, right? Like, I, I, I love clothing, right? Like, um. I've just uh, had to throw away a lot of shit because I kept losing weight. But, like, clothing is fucking dope. Like, I, I don't think... What I mean by materialistic things and what I... Like, I just want to clarify this. It's what what is the intrinsic value that it puts onto your life, right? Oh, yeah. If like, you, I'm not going to use it. I'm like, collecting it. Exactly. Yeah. If you love fashion and you love shoes and that's something that brings you joy and it's a hobby of yours, then, yeah. Spark joy. Put you yeah, it sparks joy, right? <laughs> fucking Marie Kondo, dude. Shout out to the lady, man. Let's fuck sometimes. Uh, fucking <laughs> Marie Kondo, dog. Let me tell you something. That lady, dude. Uh, you you spark some joy in me, dude. <laughs> let me tell you something, lady. I love her. Shout outs to you, dude. You look like you make a squeaky voice when you have sex. Uh, Marie Kondo, like that's what she means by sparks joy. Like what what does it do for you, right? Yeah. And if it's fashion and clothing, that's not you being materialistic. In my opinion, it's you putting money into stuff that makes you happy and you're doing it in a reasonable amount. Yeah. For me, if I wear clothes just to just to have this dope shit and be like, oh, I got dope shit, then that's me being materialistic. But if you like clothing and you like the way it makes you look and you love like putting clothes together, then it makes more sense. Like my biggest thing was like people who buy shoes just to be like, yo, I got this shoe. You're a fucking dumb bitch, dude. You look so stupid. It's the dumbest thing ever. It's like you have shoes just to show other people that you got this fucking shoe. It's the most pitiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And I say that because that was me. So So it's like materialism to you is someone who buys shit. For others, like yes. in, to impress others, to keep up with the Jones and like they don't necessarily want it or maybe they do, but mm-hmm. it's to impress people, not because they care about it. Yeah. And so in your definition of materialistic, it's OK to like like nice things. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Some people believe materialism is also like I think they consumerism and materialism gets kind of mixed mm. in two. Where like buying any luxury shit or any unnecessary good is materialism. That's that mm. definition too. And um, there's this whole minimalist movement that's going on. Oh right? man, those motherfuckers are crazy, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. And well, I'm gonna start unloading things because you know I'm gonna be moving around a lot. Probably gonna travel a lot. 2020, I'm gonna travel a. F- fuck ton mm-hmm. a lot like i'm gonna be going to you know i'm probably in europe as this fucking thing is going out right now as we speak but i'm not gonna use a lot of the stuff in my house i'm probably gonna give it to fans or whatever 
Yeah. Yeah. Like I was addicted to buying fucking uh, camera equipment. I wasn't shooting shit. I don't know why. I think it's because I got, I got so used to buying that stuff. Yeah. And it was a good tax write-off. Like I kept buying stuff. But then after a certain point, I'm like, you don't shoot shit. Everybody who shoots your stuff have their own stuff. Yeah. So why do you why do you keep buying shit? So I stopped that stuff. And I have like, like over like 150 Damn. grand worth of gear. And it's like, oh my God, what the fuck am I like? If I wanted to open up my own photography studio, I can or video studio, I can't, I could right now. But now it's just like, I actually, you know, the last year or the, actually it was this year, I got rid of a lot of that equipment. I, I sold a lot. Uh, on top of that, I sold a lot of my shoes. I only have, I, mean, I say only, but it's like maybe like, I say like 20 pairs of shoes left. But that's because those shoes are, they have kind of a sentimental value in terms of mm. shoes that I wanted when I was a kid growing up and also shoes that I got as a gift. Yeah. So I haven't been able to get rid of it. But other than that, man, like, uh, yeah, my version of materialism is like the purpose and why you buy it and what it does for you. Like, how long does that joy last? Yeah. Um, if, like, I'll go back to fashion. If, like, people, when they are into fashion and they like the way that they look, that happiness lasts a long time. They'll go back to that outfit again. They'll wear that outfit again. They yeah. like the way that dress looks, makes them look. They like the way that jacket makes them look. Yeah, fashion's an interesting thing because it's an art. It's an artistic expression. Yes. But it's also can be vain and it can be kind of, there's a dark side to it. That's just expensive as fuck. Yeah. Too, by the way. Same with like working out though. You know, like, being too body obsessed and there's a health aspect to it, but there's also like the extreme side of like body dysmorphia and shit like that. Yeah. And I think anything can be fucked up, you know, let me tell you something. Clothing is the most interesting thing too. Like for a guy, if you guys want to know something for, for you dudes out there that, that kind of want to up level up your, the way that you look, and this is coming from me from a guy who looks like he just, I don't know, lives in a, out of a cardboard box. I love how like we're into fashion too, but we don't, consistently keep up with it and we don't have any shame to be on camera in our pajamas at the same time oh, yeah fuck you guys i'm not wearing socks again <laughs> uh but like one of the things that you guys can do as a guy straight up is uh number one get a nice fucking haircut it'll be the biggest help ever man when you there are some dudes out there that i see with the shittiest fucking haircuts and you wonder why people like women won't approach you there's a few things that girls recognize number one is your shoes like clean kicks and then jeans if you have shitty looking jeans and bad kicks, that's like... What is a shitty jean? Like just the fit, then the cut. Oh. Like if you have to understand like your body type, like what? how do you, how does your legs look? Like what's the fit and the cut that makes you look the best? Mm. Jeans, you could wear a good pair of fucking raw denim, raw denim jeans. And if you don't have raw denim jeans or whatever that you want to wear and some just some regular clean kicks, like let's just say we put on some just um, some old school Vans on you and some dope jeans and a regular white t-shirt, you look... You're not fancy, but it'll look decent enough where it looks a like a lot you could... better than a lot of the other stuff they wear. Yeah. Exactly. So like those are like the basic stuff and get a clean haircut. Like a haircut for a dude is like night and day for a guy. When a guy has like a fucked up fade and then you kind of let it grow out and then you get your haircut, you look like a different person. Yeah, that's true. A completely different person. I think like fashion does that for a, for a lot of people. Even when I when I lost a whole bunch of weight, I gained back like 12 pounds recently because of all the food shows. But, you know, when I lost a whole bunch of weight and then, I, you know, I started wearing clothes again. Motherfucker, some of you, some, man, it was it was interesting, like the reaction that you get, like, and just having um, thank you, just being way. just being fit too, like it'll help with the fashion. Oh, for sure, like clothes fit better. Yeah, and you just feel better, and you can you have more options. Fashion's hard too. It's like how do you take, especially for guys, I feel like it's hard to, like, how do you go beyond a flannel t shirt, jeans and shoes? You know, like what's that next level fashion stuff that kind of really shows that you know how to put put together pieces and colors and that's the hard part 
you know like i think there's that's that creative artistic part about clothing yeah. that that's not easy for people it's not easy for me too i have to sit there and think about color palettes like what what what, what rocks with what i want to explore a lot but my cheap side takes over and goes that's too expensive that's why girls thrift dude they thrift mm. so they take these stuff and they kind of like alter it and they make it look match. really dope and I like thrifting the idea of it just because you can make shit look good without ha- caring about the name brand and what it does for you. You know what got me into actual like outfits and wearing shit though? Video games. GTA, Saints Row. Oh, really? Yeah, you could just sit there and customize your character. Yeah. I got into dressing girls too. <laughs> I used to just undress them, but now I'm just like my character. <laughs> damn, she looks Put fucking goddamn good clothes in on, bitch. What the fuck's yeah. wrong with you? So I enjoy it, man. I just wish... um. I'm stuck in a more, I don't know. I do buy shit when I want to buy shit, but I'm more practical. I think we're all the same. Like me, you and Bart, like we like this stuff, but then we'll, we're just too fucking lazy to put up with it. Well, clothing is is fucking lazy, man. It's it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Easy. Yeah. Like having to put, people don't understand why some of the most successful and rich people on earth don't give a fuck about what they look like because it's a waste of brain energy for them. It's a, Big, yeah. I have to wake up and think about what makes me look good. Fuck that. I got to do work Same today. with food. When you yeah. got to think of what to eat, it kills so much time. You just eat the same shit every day. Yeah. We're, we're I mean, and then you you have so many hours to just f- like work on your shit. Yeah. You know? Like even today, like, so the recently I just made um, like shoyu ramen, right? And the, the, how fucking grueling it was to make this fucking ramen dude just to have this one dish took up way too much of my time like it's not a very smart way of using my time Mm. you know like first of all let let me talk about how i made this shit too like i fished to get fish (laughs) to create the dashi stock you You went straight from the source i went straight from the source you caught the fish you brought the fish home you cut the fish by hand Mm -hmm. i might as well just grab the fucking seaweed off the water and use that you know what I mean? But <laughs> to grab the seaweed, dry it, chop it up. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the broth was like a couple of like two, three hours that it took to make the fish broth. And then it took me two, three hours to make the uh, the chicken broth because I didn't have a second pot. So I had to make them at two separate times. Then I had to do the soy sauce marinade for the chashu, the wow. pork belly. Then I had to marinate the eggs. Then I had to um, uh, make a flavored fat for the for the ramen broth which yeah. also took time it was like fuck man it was like a two three day process mm. when i could have just went to a fucking place and just bought it yep. <laughs> you know that's true i will say this though like a lot of people don't focus on shoyu or like shio ramen so when, when when we talk about ramen there's two different types right there's there's chintan and paitan paitan is what everybody likes it's that tonkotsu yeah. broth thick thick fatty gelatinous and that's the one that people are really gearing towards i personally like i love uh, Python ramen, but I like Chintan ramen a lot too, which is that super clear broth. Yeah. And so people don't really care about the shio broth because they think it's too simple. But there's a way to make it seem simple with a lot of body and a lot of flavor. So like that's what I've been focusing on. Yeah. Also too, when you make Python ramen, it stinks up the whole fucking house. It's going to smell like pork because yep. all the steam just gets on the walls and all that. It's going to smell like uh, like pork guts and blood and i just don't know oh, i just hate that smell that sticks around so yeah i've been doing like seafood broths so i did the dashi with the with with just the regular fish with so i caught grouper white fish and rockfish, and i took those carcasses uh or carcass and i did that with like kombu and 
and um, with katsuoboshi flakes and then some dried sardines and I made yeah. this dashi broth with it. But just that whole process took such a fucking long time, man. And I, and you know, the thing I, what I love about ramen too, by the way, and we talked about food authenticity recently, ramen has no fucks about what uh, what a classic ramen should be. Maybe like with stuff like noodles, right? Yeah, it's the rock star of Japanese food, man. You could do whatever you want. There's no orthodox method. Everything is a, you can do it, you know, the way you want to do it. Yeah, I, I add something like, the, like the, one of the ingredients that I use on my ramen is something very different. Like I caramelize these onions in, mm. a, in a very different way. And that's actually one of the toppings that I use for my, for my, my shoyu ramen. It's like a French onion kind of. Kind of, like yeah. kind of like that. And like, I just, I just said, fuck it. Let's get creative with this shit. Like, yeah. what do I, it's like, what do I miss in this ramen that I wish that I had? And in my mind, I was thinking, I want like an extra salty or sweet bite. And I was like, well, I'm going to caramelize these onions mm. and I caramelize it with, um, with katsuoboshi uh, flakes that I grinded up, some dashi powder and like hondashi, some some white pepper, black pepper, and then um, some raw sugar and some molasses. And then I use mm. that as like, when you bring up that that ramen, you get a little bit of those like burnt charred sweet onions and you, you slurp that shit up. It's oh, so shit. fucking good, dude. That sounds good. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds really good. Yeah. That's like my version of shoyu ramen. And you, maybe when you also. retire, I feel like you're gonna open up a restaurant. <laughs> I really do want to though. Like that's gonna be your shit. You're gonna be super like old man about it. Like you're gonna be like, I feel like opening today. Yeah. And I'm gonna make whatever I want to make. I would love to do like these private dinners where yeah. people come in and they they eat my the the food that I make. I'm not saying that I'm a great chef, but I think that I. There's a lot of food that I don't like, and I think that I have a good palate for food because I, I, I truly, truly, truly love food. If you had a team, right, mm-hmm. and um, let's say like we all lived in a in a cul-de-sac or like a village, but we had like a main house that we all kind of get together and eat at. Mm-hmm. If you could be the main cook, but if you had a team that would cook and clean and help you out. Like if you got those ten fishes right, mm-hmm. and you fucking made that shit, would you be down to like cook that shit every day? Yeah, Just man. Be the team I, cook. If I had a team to do everything, yeah. it'd be dope. Like even even when I was making this ramen, I was like, damn, I would love to do something so against the grain of like typical ramen shops that they have out here, where it's where it's just always like that tonkotsu broth. Yeah, where mine is just only chintan ramens. It's mm. only shio and shoyu ramen, but and it's different variations of it. And like if people ask for that tonkotsu broth, they're like. I'm like, no, we don't have that here. And I want I want to like... They're change. like, what kind of ramen fucking place is this? You know, yeah. the, the, the funny thing is you're talking about change only because the tonkotsu broth is what got popular in the States. Yeah. But that's actually a new school thing in Japan. That's so crazy. Um, yeah. Well, it's not new. It's just a newer craze. Like the OG craze is just shoyu, shio, and miso ramen. Yeah. That's what everyone... That's what I grew up on. Um... Pork broth is a is a region. I forgot what area, but um, the reason why they use pork is because there's a lot of pig farms there. So mm-hmm. that it might be like Hakata style or whatever, but they that area is known to use like their pork bone and things because that's just what they have. Yeah. So that spread like wildfire because it was like the new shit in Japan at the time. I don't know if this was like the 80s or whatever. But everyone started fucking eating that shit like crazy. And then it came to the States. And out here, everyone th- likes fattier and saltier foods. Like, I think Japanese food might be a little too bland for mm. the American taste buds. 
So everything that's more, I guess, fattier does really well here. Yeah. Like katsu and all that, right? And then um, when you think about all the re- – like when you think ramen in America, you think tonkotsu broth. You don't yep. think shoyu. But in Japan, like shoyu or shio are the two staples. Yeah. Yeah. I love – I think shoyu ramen is my favorite. That's mine too. Yeah. Hands down. It's like – because I made a – so with – essentially to – the, the flavoring is this. It's like you have a broth and you have – so you have your, your stock and you have your tare. Your tare is your flavoring, mm-hmm. right? And so the, your tare would be either shoyu-based or shio-based. It could be miso-based or whatever, um, depending on the type of you, uh, ramen soup that you have, chintan or paitan. So that's why when I when I see people make recipes, I don't even think they understand that. They go, oh, this is the miso ramen. I'm like – You don't make it with the broth though. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's separate. Yeah, they have the – yeah. So when they say miso ramen, it could be a miso ramen – but it could be chintan or paitan. And then they put that in there and then they put the stock and then they mix it in. Exactly. Yeah. So like I have uh, – I've, I've, I've grown to really love shoyu ramen. I like clean sh- – like shio ramen. It tastes really great too. But then the shoyu ramen has like this extra level of like umami, this other flavor that I really like past the shio. Yeah. Because shio is very basic. It's delicious. Yeah. But that shoyu ramen has that shio base, mm-hmm. but it has that extra like that that fermented soy sauce in it mm-hmm. that gives it that extra bump that I fucking love. And so like I, I've been working on this like shoyu ramen recipe, but it's going to change every time because when you home cook, you're not going to use the exact measurements every time. I'm not going to anyways. That's why when you cook, you got to have a guy just writing notes for you, man. Yeah. What did you put in there? All right, you put that. All right, yeah. you put it. That's a genius thing to do. Like if there was a guy like following like a like a person that's just always inventing shit, just like, "All right, what you got?" All right. Yeah. Right. Cuz I wrote down the ingredients and the and the stuff, but as I wrote it down and I tried it, it wasn't good enough and I made an adjustment and I forgot to write the adjustment. Mm. So because I'm tasting as I'm going. Right, so I'm also making adjustments in terms of like, like, do I really need this ingredient? Like, yeah. people typically use this. What if I took it out? Do I need this? Because I think a lot of the times when people make stuff, people add more ingredients because they want to say that they did something new to it. And I've been oh. finding that a lot about these recipes. Like, they they go, okay, well, I put a crayon in that shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it has this, this, and that. And I'm like, well, I don't taste it. So what was the point of putting that in? And I think it's just because oh. they want to have a secret recipe. Like, this is the hitter. But it's recipe. really not. It just got no. boiled into it or yeah, something. Yeah, there's, there's no flavor of it at all whatsoever. So, mm. and maybe it's just, I don't know, maybe my taste buds are dull. I can't tell the difference, but I'll make it like two or three ways. I'm like, that didn't make sense. So, like, why did they put that in there? Oh, so that's how you experiment yeah. to see if that ingredient actually had an effect or not? Yeah. And mm. then I also like to make things that I I truly want to make it better. So it's like... Not better in the sense of mine's better than yours, but to what my f- palate and flavor, what I like out of my food, oh, right? Yeah. So you, I mean, how? When have you ever seen caramelized onions in, on, in a ramen, right? I mean, somebody might have done it before, right? I'm pretty sure people have, but I just thought, in, with my flavor palate, I'm like, this would taste so good with this show you yeah. both, and so I decided to do that because that's the same type of caramelized onions that I have for my In-N-Out Burger recipe. Do you but, think that ramen culture in America is going to evolve? Because I think so. I think it's just the beginning. It's, it's at the cusp. Like I yeah. think it's it, it really is. Um, the The problem that I see with ramen culture here is that they're not – people don't take the craft as serious as Japanese people do. And the way that I see that a lot of Japanese people when they create their food, it's their life. Like this yeah. is what I will do till the day that I fucking – Die. Well, the spots like Tatsunoya are the ones that are doing well, like Rakan yeah. or whatever. They're all 
They're really from good. Japan. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. <laughs> and I think that's what's going to change the standard taste palette, which will force people to take their food more seriously or yeah. know how to take their ramen right, you know? Because I hate that, that concept of like, this is good enough. I don't like good enough. I want it to be perfect in the sense of what I find it to be perfect. I think with competition, that'll happen. Yeah. So I think what's happening is the right now we're seeing the bar and standards go up. Mm-hmm. So once mainstream America tastes like Tatsunoya or um, Rakan or whatever, or or the other one in uh, West LA, what's that one that came from Japan? Um, uh, Ipudo. Yeah. Like once yeah. they taste that, that becomes the standard because they yeah. can't go back to like the other ones that they've been going to. Like Rakan's one of my favorite ramens because they're so unique. Like their ramen is uniquely theirs. Yeah, right? it is. And it's so fucking good. They use olive oil. Yeah, they they crazy. They have, it's it's because it, that's that's their fat that they yeah. use. It, it is and it's fucking delicious. Me, I don't use olive oil. I use fucking pork fat. Yeah, <laughs> I use I use. Fucking I, pork I fat. like their style though, but yeah. I think so. Once the standard and the bar goes up, people will crave for that and more. And there's more people that are going to Japan, um, hella tourism that, and then when they come back, they miss it, right? And more Japanese people are coming here to open up businesses. It's just going to keep going up, up, up. And then we're going to start seeing some, like, decent fucking ramen places go outside of L.A. and New York. Yeah. I can't wait, man. Even with the shoyu ramen that I make, I don't actually put menma in there. Like, and menma is, like, one of those – it's bamboo shoots. And that's, like, typically what people want. But when, well, I, when you get shoyu ramen, you get that. You get the 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 egg. Yeah. And then you get, like, some nori Yeah, the ajitama yeah, nori. Because yeah. when, I, when I put the menma in there and I took it out, I didn't miss it. So I was like – yeah, I don't know. It's an old thing. Yeah, it's so I was just, like, mm, I'm going to take this I out. I eat it because it's there and my grandma's scolding me. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, if it wasn't there, I wouldn't care for it. Yeah. I think like for menma, I, I like it in the tonkotsu broth. I don't know what it does, but I like that. I don't know that funkiness that it has. Yeah. But because it already has like that that fermented soy sauce to show you taste, I don't mm-hmm. think I need the menma. Mm-hmm. And I actually add more like chopped negi, the green onions in there because mm-hmm. I want that fresh, crunchy bite with it. Yeah. So I add a shit ton of that and then, you know, a piece of nori too. And so that's the recipe that I like um, mm. that when I make it. And I, I think it's fucking delicious. Yeah. Would you open up a ramen shop? I think I would, but it would be open up two days a week. <laughs> Dude, that'd be dope. Yeah. Like I, I, I would, like I said, the ramen shop that I would have would be only Chintan ramen only. And then um, call that shop lazy ramen. Yeah. And I made another <laughs> recipe, lazy ramen, the opposite of what Japanese people are. <laughs> I named another recipe where it's uh, shiitake mushroom broth instead. Oh. And that, that one I really liked a lot too. Do you use fresh or do you use the... Uh, I use fresh. Dry one. Oh. I use fresh. And then um, the the tare that I make is based off of Ivan Orkin's recipe. Oh. Um, because he actually does like a sofrito. So he'll take a bunch of chopped vegetables. Like she, like a shiotare originally would just be like salt. It might be with like aromatics like garlic and ginger and then there'll be sake and yeah. that's really about it and water. But his has all that, but he cooks it cooks it with a bunch of veggies and just melts it down and huh. he uses that as his tare. Oh. So I took that, but I did uh, like a mushroom medley with it and it tastes like a really just just dank. Like so it was mushroom. just vegetarian style. Yeah, but not really for me because the fat that I use in it is coconut fat. It's coconut fat, um, bacon fat, and then olive oil. Oh, so the bacon is what flavors it. it. I yeah. see. So it has like that salty, like cured taste to it. Damn, that's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, I want to. 
I, I just I don't want to commit to a restaurant and cook there every day. I just want to develop and have somebody else do it. It's just don't don't that fuck sounds it up. fun. Yeah, develop a menu. That might be the next career goal. Is that what are you doing for? You didn't mention any of your twenty twenty stuff. I think twenty twenty. What I really want to do is so first. I mean, this is this is like hobby stuff. I am going to only cook Korean and Japanese food for the whole year. For the whole year. Um, I mean, that's doable. Yeah, like Japanese or Korean only for one year yeah. can is doable too because there's so much on the menu. I I really want to hone specific recipes down because i'm bouncing around back and forth too much that i'm becoming a jack of all shits with my food do you consider so when you say japanese are you doing only traditional or do you is like japanese italian um traditional okay and then i'll put my own twist to it if if i want to because i want the foundation like one thing that i'm having the hardest time doing is fucking tempera frying it's just fucking hard man like it's yeah. fucking pissing me off. Like it's it's decent. You know, I eat. I'm like, oh, it's decent. I don't but, even tried that one, man. That's, yeah. You're you're doing a pretty crazy thing. So like, I'm I'm gonna hone down Japanese and Korean food um, to the best dishes that I like. Typically, what I want to do is like when I say masters, what I like out of the food. So, twenty Japanese dishes, twenty go to Korean dishes that I that I, that I know that I'm gonna make. That's a lot. Forty dishes. Yeah. And then, um, so when I cook, you so, can rotate forty dishes for the whole year, and that'll be good. Yeah. Like that's a lot. What I, what I like to do when I cook is that um, <laughs> this is like something that I do. I don't think I ever said this before. When I cook and I develop recipes for myself, I do it as if I developing an item that's going to go on a menu in a restaurant. Oh, yeah. So um, that's why when I when, when I was working on the the wing the wing chicks recipe, yeah, um, that was only like ten percent done. It was oh. literally the first few trials, and I you know I gave them the original recipe and I allowed them to tweak it to based on what people liked. I only did 10% of the work there. But I the reason why I stopped is because Mary got tired of eating chicken wings. <laughs> she told me no more fried food because she was getting weight. Oh. And so I, I love chicken wings though. Like <laughs> I know it wasn't it wasn't done yet. So I I still haven't perfected it the way that I want to and yeah. I still have adjustments to make on it. But um I always develop stuff based on if if I were to open up a restaurant, would I put this on my menu? I see. And if I'm not gonna put it on my menu, that means I'm not gonna cook that shit. Mm. That's why I have. I just cook just to cook. Like I just sometimes I have a goal because mm-hmm. I have a flavor in my mouth that I want to achieve, and other times I'm like, let's see what happens. Yeah, you know that's why too. Like even when I make American food, I do like mac and cheese and stuff. Like I eat it, and I'm like, I've always had better at a restaurant. So why the fuck do I keep making this shit? Yeah, I didn't grow up on it. That's why I usually make things that I can't get at a restaurant. So yeah. um, I love cooking steaks my way. Yeah, so. I. Cooking steaks at home is way better, dude. It's way better, yeah. You know, if you could get the same cut of meat and you could cook it the way that you want yeah. to, why why even go there? It's cheaper. Stay at home. That's yeah. why I do it. Or you get inspired to go, you know what? I want to make churros. Yeah. Or just some funny thing to do, you know? Oh, I just wish I had more time to do that shit. That's not a 2020 goal, unfortunately. You know, um, I've been telling people, too, uh, what a cool way to narrow down your shit is. Because I am a jack of all trades and I just like bouncing around because I love exploring a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is, um, one, you don't ever get to a certain point, And two, you don't tell yourself when is enough. Yeah. So, like, I leave my projects feeling like... I didn't complete anything. Mm. But if I made a commitment to myself and I said, hey, I'm going to stop when I hit this, then I could move to something else. Yeah. And so a good way is I learned this online where um, you can write down 25 things of what you want to do 
and it can be anything like travel it could be and what i what i typically do is look for something that fulfills my passion something that fulfills my career and something that fulfills my health those mm. three things i try to achieve so i don't have like five things that's just on health or whatever right cuz yeah, they need yeah, a balance yeah. so i grab 25 items and then i take the five most things that i want to complete like now and what's most important to me and i take the two the the three top like passion health career thing and that becomes my three mm. yeah so for the health thing i want to make i want to get a six pack so that's why oh shit ladies better watch out that so everything okay. everything outside of that so like unfortunately i might have to give up my karate for a minute i might have to give up like maybe mma for a minute or like maybe it would work but generally the most effective thing to do is diet and lifting yeah so that's all i can really focus on because there's time right so like in career things too like i have some goals that i want to achieve um i can't really talk about it but, but yeah <laughs> and then for passion side i'm gonna probably pick up music again so i'm kind of interested in in that where this stuff is untainted when it comes to passion it's got to be a hobby or something that you care about that you're not thinking about making money off of or anything. And I think that satisfies the soul. Mm. Yeah. I think for me, like um, the goals that I have, obviously it's that food thing, which is, you know, something I really enjoy doing. So I'll, I'll be continuing that. And obviously when I eat healthier, um, most of these recipe stuff is going to be done on the weekends. Yeah. During the weekday, I don't have time for that shit. Oh uh, no. Yeah. It's a difficult. Im- Im- fucking impossible. But um, other than that, uh, I'm going to lose the rest of the weight that I want to lose. What's so, your goal? How much are you trying to lose? So I'm like, what, 215, 217 right but now? But you lost 60 pounds? Yeah, at a certain point it was 70, but then I gained you back like You were almost 10. 300 pounds? I was like 270, man. What the fuck? big, bro. I was like a size 42 waist. I'm I like, didn't know that. I didn't know either, man. I was just chilling around. I thought I was the sexiest motherfucker out there, dude. Oh, I shit. Dying. I think we were all collaborators <laughs> in this fat. <laughs> Me, you, and Bart, we blew up at the same time, and we lost weight together, too. And I'm yeah. like, we're like girls on our periods, all synced up. I know, dude. Yeah, so uh, I, I plan to lose like another 30 pounds, um, get jacked and ripped. I just want to do it once just so I can show my kids that this is what I look like and then only show them that picture. What like, is jacked and ripped to you? Just, um, I mean, I don't need to be huge, but uh, like I would like to just be a physical specimen once in my life. Just so I can say that I did it and afterwards I'll go You're back like to fucking, just being like, you know. You got flex in your pictures every day, man. Exactly. So I'm going to finish that up by the end of this year. Uh, I want to pick up a third language by the end of this year as well. I think I'm just going to go for Japanese. I like I I really want to learn Spanish because of how useful it is in yeah. LA. But then Japanese, I'm already like I'm like I under, I already understand so fucking much that I might as well just learn how to speak it at this yeah, point. Yeah, cuz you'll 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 pick it up, man, cuz when you're in Japan, you hear us talk, you know the gist of the conversation. Yeah. You know, you 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 you're gonna pick it up like that. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like I, I just had to go back to where I started before, and like Mariel's like that too. She goes, "You understand everything that I say in Japanese. It's just you just don't know how to put put the put together sentences." Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, since I'm already like you know like ten percent there or fifty percent there, I might as well just finish up the rest. So probably learn how to speak Japanese at like an elementary school level by the end of this year, and then um, after that, um, I have like personal finance goals that I want to hit, and then. Um, rebuild my wardrobe which is the clothing thing oh yeah i, I want to do that too because i have to after i lose like 30 pounds i'm gonna have to either way fashion 
Yeah, so rebuild that wardrobe and then also um, learn how to wrestle this year. So I want to. Oh hell yeah! yeah I want to grapple this year. So That's I think jujitsu or wrestling. Uh, wrestling. So grappling. Mm. So I want to grapple and then add jujitsu defense and everything else after that. Um, so I'm gonna be working on that and then because like kickboxing, like I'm not the best at it, obviously, but I'm pretty decent at it now. You got pretty good though, man. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was like hard. from when you first started to now. Like, I can't even touch you. <laughs> I got, I, earlier, oh, when I first started boxing with you, I was like, oh, my God, you're so tall, but I could get right through. Yeah. Now I can't even pass your fucking arms. I got really obsessed with it. So it's like... Um, well, the way you you study is you, you're like me. Like, we get in and yeah. in. Like, you study. But you go further into, like, studying the fights and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So, I, like, I really developed that. I, I want to develop my, my striking a little more but that's hard too like if i want to develop my fighting more and my striking i have to go into a fight gym but i don't know if i care enough to do yeah. that because it's fun for me it'll take the fun out of it for me and that's the important part is like knowing when you're okay with giving up certain things yeah. in the pat before you pick up something else yeah because i try to do everything man mm. and even when i was approaching martial arts i didn't focus on one i was doing karate i was doing kickboxing i was doing boxing i yeah. was doing you know and I was all over the place. And I'm like, well, what am I doing this for? Am I trying to murder somebody? Yeah. It's really fun. But at the end of the day, what I want, I just want to, I just want to look good right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's such a good thing to say too. It's like when people lose weight too, I, I think like the funniest thing that I hear from a lot of people is that you want to say the right answer for why you want to lose weight. Nope. Cause you don't I want to be judgment. vain. I've been fat for the last five years. That's <laughs> That's what I like, though. It's like some people, I hear so much bullshit because I know what they want to say. Yeah. They go, I want to do this for my, I'm like, you just want to look good. Just say you want to look good. I want to look good, man. I'm 35. I, I don't have much time, man. <laughs> I'm going to get, I'm, I'm going to get the hard part done now so I could be the 55 year old. Like, you know, that fool Timba Wolf, that guy's hilarious, man. He's 55 ripped like a motherfucker, right? Mm-hmm. And he has the funniest captions. He had like this picture of him. Um, he's 16 years old and he's like ripped, right? And in the caption, he goes, do you think your mom would let me fist you in the 90s? That's so fucking funny, dude. This was fucking hilarious, dude. What the fuck? Yeah, I, I mean, I would love to, I mean, when it comes to fitness too, and I want people to wrap their head around this, you can be ripped and jacked too for your whole life, but you have to understand you have to live that same lifestyle for the rest of your life. So yeah. if if you like, eating a lot of great food yeah. in terms of like high fatty food, then you should be okay with having a little fluff. It's it's a give and take. That's just life. Yeah. He he's talking about it too. Like guys his age, he's like, they're they're wealthier. They have all this. He goes, I've always been broke. But guess what? I'm healthy and I'm still banging 20 year olds. And these guys, they're on multiple pills. They're sick. They have money. And I'm like, damn dude, like that's really real. What what do I want? I want both. I want the body while I'm, you know, while I'm still fucking dating and I'm fucking like rich. Like yeah. I want it all, but I gotta be realistic. He's right. Yeah, you have one or the other. I can't have that body and being, you know, all that. But you know, it's like, yeah, it's 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 really Especially a, like a fitness guru. You know, huh? you could build like a fitness empire. I don't want to be a fitness guru, dude. Yeah, I don't. I don't care about yeah, fitness yeah. as much Me as neither. that. Like I like I I care about healthy lifestyle. But, but he works out about. Three to four hours a day, I think he dedicates his no, life. No, fuck that shit. And he says, and he he doesn't give a fuck. He's like, yeah, I'm broke, but I'm happy, man. Hey, hey if you're happy, then yeah. you're, you you got it. That's the goal. 
That's the goal. It doesn't really matter, man. That's why I always compare my life to people in Hawaii that I see. I'm like, you know, they don't got much money, but fuck, look at how happy they are, man. And we're stressed. Yeah, for what? Yeah. But for what? What, a, what the fuck's the point? I don't know. For I'm thinking I'm around stressed people. I'm naturally an unstressed guy, but I take on the stresses of people around me. That's why this year, I think your biggest goal is that you're going to focus on what you want because your whole past five years, have you been developing stuff as a team and for other people? Now you get to figure out, okay, well, what does Joe want to do? Yeah. You know, and, yep. it's, and it's, it's, it's exciting and scary. I'm going to eat some pussy for 2020. <laughs> 2020 pussy, 2020 pussy. <laughs> I'm going to be avoiding random pussy for 2020. That's what I'm doing. I'm going to stay at home and fucking jack off all day. That's You're going to be goals. making Korean and Japanese food. You're getting ready for husband skills. Yeah. I am preparing to be a good husband by eating pussy. <laughs> You're developing your husband skills for the future, lady, dude. <laughs> fucking the figure eight shape is what they say. Yep. The figure eight shape, dude. Doing glow stick moves with my tongue. <laughs> Well, guys, uh, this wraps up this episode of the Jesus Brain Podcast. <laughs> Eating pussy for 2020. Um, what are your uh, 2020 goals, man? What do you guys want to want to do for this year? It's an end of a decade, so I'm kind of curious to see what you guys plan to do. Uh, leave it in the comments below, and if not, just speak about to other people and speak your future into existence, you fucking fucks, just like we're trying to do. So uh, catch us on all those audio platforms. If you see us on iTunes, give us that five stars, and we will see you guys next week, baby. Happy birthday. Peace.